Welcome to the Marvel Cast. I'm Jason Sachs. I'm Carlos Ridolo. And we are now at Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. We made it. We made it this far. Almost well, to the end. Almost to the end, yeah. We finished with a, well, not quite finished, but this is definitely a uh, above average movie, I thought. Interesting. When we were talking uh, pre-podcast, I didn't think that you even enjoyed it that much, but we'll have to get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that for sure. For sure, because uh, yeah, I have some pretty mixed feelings about this one honestly. So maybe you can help me kind of talk it through. What did you think of it? Yeah. Uh, high level, top level, quick, hot take. Um, I was a little underwhelmed by this. Uh, I don't know if it's a lot of times movies and and also video games have expectations. And so I had kind of high expectations for this because I like the idea of, you know, an Asian cast and, uh, staying true to its roots and, you know, diversity and showing, you know, representation and all that stuff. But along with that, um, I love Aquafina. Uh, she's a stand-up comic and a re- great actress, and uh, I love her and everything. And then, yeah, I just like a lot of what was going into this movie. But I think the plot slash the execution was a little boring. Mm-hmm. But like, I like the people and I like the ideas. But I think I didn't like the execution. I think I know where you're, we're going with that. I think we may have more agreement that it sounded like on the surface. Yeah. So the, the movie, if we wish to want to jump into it real quick, uh, starts with, like I said, just kind of alluded to, old school, traditional, almost like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon style beginning. Like this mm-hmm. is like, you know, subtitles. Um, we're talking about the Legend of the Ten Rings, which is a very, you know, uh, Crouching Tiger style title. Um, and then they're talking about, yeah, this guy, uh, Shang's father, having these 10 rings of power, supposedly for thousands of years, for a long time. Which, by the way, that means he's how old? Question mark? About thousands of years old, but that's the that's part of the point of the character, right? That's part of the point of the character, yeah. That's why they cast someone like Tony Leung in that role. And then he is just like, you know, pursuing power with these rings and like, sort of not doing the best thing with them, um, taking over. And they kind of go into some stuff I didn't think they would do. It's just like, and they're also responsible for like taking out, uh, you know, important people in history. You know what I mean? I thought that was a kind of a weird angle that they took it. A little much, right? Yeah. Anyways, there's a 10 rings group and they're changing history. And then later, also the very beginning of the movie, because it takes a long time to get into so main so, character before we get to that uh so compare that that beginning to black panther where we learn the whole background of the black panthers and you know their relationship to wakanda and stuff mm-hmm. do you think this was better handled worse handled the same do you think it was too reminiscent what was your take on it well i liked it because it was shorter it still weirdly enough felt long because what i was just going to get to is that he meets his soon-to-be wife and that's mm-hmm. like the kind of final uh, intro because they kind of, you know, take it in a couple of different ways. But after that, I, I didn't think it dragged on too much. And I think I didn't like the Wakanda one as much. I remember saying that. What about you? Two plot hammery at the beginning. I like yeah. how this ended, the, the whole sequence ended up in their romance too in the battle, the wireframe yeah. battle, not wireframe, what's it called? Steel wire battle. Yeah. 
ends up uh, resulting in a romance. It just felt like that was a really clever way of doing it. And it just fit, right? It gave you kind of this really nice sense of closure at the beginning of the movie. Well, it feels like, a, it basically feels like a Kung Fu movie beginning. Yeah. Right? Like, that's what that is. Yeah, with a slightly magical reality. Yeah, which is a lot of Kung Fu movies where it's mm-hmm. like, there's also kind of a serpent king around maybe, and there's magical powers that let you float. Um, but yeah, it didn't, it didn't overstay its welcome too long. Um, but it also didn't get me like excited because it's like, I've seen that movie told many times, right? I've told, I've seen that kind of intro. Um, yeah. Then we finally get to, uh, and well, we also get flashbacks of, uh, Sean as a, as a kid, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, we get him there, uh, or I should say Sean, we should call him Sean. Cause that's what he changes his name to. Um, and then we meet him and Aquafina. Yeah, that's the best sequence of the movie when, when like we get kind of this, this, uh, what do you call it, the swerve at the very beginning. Yeah, you know, we see a man putting on a nice suit. We see him putting on a tie. We see someone driving up in a fancy car, and it's not our guy. Yeah, turns They're out he's just a valet, parking attendant. Yeah, uh, and that's perfect for them. And that actually, you know, is kind of my, one of my favorite kind of. I don't want to say favorite moments, but I like that style that they do in this movie, which is the funny, you know, comical, but also they, you know, there's probably some gravity or weight to the situation. They don't, they don't uh, know about, you know, yet. Yeah. The interplay between Katie and Sean is just fun. It's just fun to watch these two people together. They've been friends for so long that you can just tell they've got this easy time with each other. Oh, they're doing karaoke in the beginning. Remember? Yeah. Yeah, which gets a great shot of a throwback at the end, which we'll probably talk yes, about. Yes, I love the one at the end. And they're also um, talking with, is it? Yeah, I think they, they were talking with their friends. Was that in the very beginning? I think yeah, like they're he, talking with their friends at the table. Oh, that's her family. No, no, no. It wasn't her family, was oh, it? Oh, her friends at the, yeah, friends at, at the, the beginning. Bar. Yeah, yeah, at, at the, the bar. bar, yeah, which also gets a shout out at the end, yeah. Yeah, I like that interplay. Um, and then, yeah, there's the basically really quickly that it gets uh, the up, up the ante because they're on the muni bus which by the way i used to live in san francisco so seeing all those streets and that bus i took that bus um it's kind of weird but yeah they they have this huge uh, group of bad guys come after him for the pendant and one guy has a blade arm because reasons and they yeah, that, that action scene was pretty crazy it's like Everyone who saw the movie seems to think that's one that's probably the best action scene in the movie. And I agree, right? It's the one that feels grounded. It's exciting. It's legit weird. You haven't seen anything like that in the Marvel movie before either. Uh, you know, everyone can relate to being on a bus that seems like it's hurtling out of control. Just thought, just thought it was really well handled. And they're not like superheroes. They're like, I mean, he kind of is. And he shows it because he jumps outside the bus and then back inside the bus. But Aquafine is just like, I think I can drive this bus, you know? Yeah. And so it's not just Spider-Man going in and kicking ass. It's like, you know, Sean's kind of kicking ass, obviously, but like, it's also like, you don't know what's going to happen. It's a little dangerous. I liked it. It's that classic thing too. It's the spark of the origin story, which you like so much. I do. I do love that a lot. Um, then we also, by the way, get flashbacks of his mom dying and him becoming an assassin. So that I wrote those notes down too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we really, again, up the ante because we get brought to the fight club. How do they go to the fight club? So he finds that he has this destiny he needs to follow. So they have to fly to Macau to begin to embrace his destiny and to conquer his father's secrets. Oh, because they want to get back the uh, pendant. 
because the penny was stolen. Pendant. That's right. right. And that's where Sean reveals his real name is Shang. I can't Shang. say it. Yeah. Shang. Yeah. I know she was having a hard Your time real name, saying. Yeah. Which I thought it. was so cute, right? Yeah. So like this just gives permission to the audience, right? And so like a half hour, 40 minutes in through the first, through the end of the first act, like, I don't know about you. I was totally bought into this movie. I really liked it. Like, yeah, right about here where we're talking about it. I'm like all in and I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm excited to talk about this with Jason because like, this is kind of what I wanted out of this movie. And then of course, you know, there's a butt coming. Um, <laughs> two, they land in, in, uh, I just said it. Oh yeah. Uh, you said the name and I wouldn't have known it. It's just like cacao or something. Act two, they, and they landed Macau. Yeah. And uh, then the movie just takes the turn. Yeah, I mean, this kind of has a, a three or four acts. And I think this is like the second act, which is bombastic. It's huge. They're in a huge club. It's a fight club. Uh, we see Wong, by the way, at, uh, fighting. I think it's Croc, I want to say. The, the Abomination. The Abomination. Every time you mention him and we've mentioned him on the show, <laughs> I never know his name. I think I might always call him Croc. Um, yeah, so there's that going on in the fight club, and it's basically like this crazy scene. Everybody knows Shank because he's busboy. Oh, he, he went viral. He went viral. And again, very fun, clever, and you can absolutely imagine someone like him going viral. Those events yep. would go viral for sure. And here's where I kind of start not liking it a little bit because who's he got to fight? Not some big monster, which would be interesting and remind me of Thor Ragnarok, but he's got to fight his sister. Wah, wah. Pretty predictable. And it's like not a fun fight because, you know, no one can win because it's family, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's just going to end. And then we turn, it turns out she, I don't know if she says that now. Did she say that she created the whole thing there or maybe later? I forgot. I think it's slightly later. Yeah. So anyways, yeah. Then we, um, oh, we get to, I think right around here is when we meet Wait, wait, when is this? I'm, I'm looking at my notes. I'm looking a little confused. Dinner, he tells them he wants to help them. get. Okay, so basically, they get captured. They do a lot of battling by more the, bad the, guys. The dad soldiers attack the bar. Right, and they And then we get the battle. other pretty good fight or action scene where Shang and Katie are fighting off the side of the building. Yeah. And the, the ninjas or whatever, they're not ninjas because they're Chinese, but the, the Kung Fu people attack them. Yeah. And that also is like, because yeah, when anyone has, who has a fear of falling off a tall building, that's just a terrifying scene. So like really got me. Like I was like a little bit on the edge of my seat. I knew the characters would die, but like, right. oh my God, this is scary. This is like legit scary. And they're on green screen. So just tell that in your head if you ever yeah, like right? freaked out. Um, yeah. So they have that battle. The sister, they all save Aquafina a couple of times because she's like almost dying. And then it turns out, yeah, it's just uh, his dad. He shows up. He's like, listen, I just want to have dinner with you. Which, by the way, is leads me to my first problem with the movie. Is why didn't he just, like, go to him? Because they, and be needed, like, because they needed an action scene? All right. I'm not talking about the movie. I'm talking about plot-wise. No. Like, you would think he's got all the power in the world. He could just, like, fly there on his rings and land in Sean's apartment and be like, hey, son, I know you do hate me because I made you an assassin. But besides that, can you come back with me? And he goes, no. And then he uses 10 rings of power and brings them there. You know, like now you're using, been quicker. Now you're something like me. Really? Yeah. Well, that's what could have happened. That's all I'm saying. Anywho. Um, so, so oh, that's the same time we get the water map thing happens. So when they 
go back to have dinner with dad and Aquafina comes along, he shows them what he thinks is the reason why um, he needs to break down this huge gate and get his dead wife back uh, because there's like this huge, uh, the pendants make this map and the map leads to this gate and he's been hearing her voice or whatever. And so that's like, that's another setup. Um, also, by the way, kind of another weak plot point for me. Like it's just a mysterious voice telling this guy to do something. And the whole movie like hinges on that. Mm-hmm. Not to jump ahead, but that I hated that. Like I hate that being the plot device for the rest of the movie, the rest of the movie. It feels familiar, doesn't it? I don't know. What other one? Well, it just feels... I, I'm trying to think of the other one that, that has that. It feels... Uh, it felt unoriginal, but I can't place the exact place where I saw it. I, uh, so no, you're... Yeah. I mean, I feel like what you're saying is, yeah, we've probably seen that plot device in one of the weaker Marvel movies we reviewed. And it just feels like... Just slap him out of it. You know, like, get out... Come, come out of it. Like, it's just a voice. Anywho, moving on, we get to meet Ben Kingsley, which is a nice little callback. Yeah. And I, I know he's kind of been growing on you every time we've seen him. Yeah, I think, I mean, I like the actor. You know, he's funny. He can be funny. He's also going to be very serious. And he's got that weird little monster pet with no face. Mm-hmm. Kind of a traditional Japanese or Chinese looking style monster pet. I keep saying Japanese and I need to stop that. Well, that's fine. Um, so Ben Kingsley with little monster pet. Uh, and they break out of the dad compound and go to basically warn the people that the dad's coming and protect, help protect this gate. They follow the map and then get through this secret forest and end up at this different, at this village. When they first see those Chinese style monsters, that was really fun. Just made yeah. me so happy. Like a, like a, uh, you know, Chinese New Year parade or something, what those creatures reminded me of. When they all came to life, they're all like yeah. real life, you know, monsters of myth. Monsters of myth. That's if good. If you lived in San Fran, you remember seeing that all the time. Oh, I did. Chinese yeah. New Year and stuff. Well, I did actually like, um, yeah, the, on the gates, like the gates to Chinatown and stuff. So that was cool. Yeah. I like the kind of uh, discovery of that part of the movie, right? They go there and they see all this. It's a positive thing, right? It's very positive. Yeah, too. it is. And um, that, that, those may have been the best moments of the movie when you see those creatures just walking around. The cat with the nine tails, uh, seven tails, nine tails, and the, uh, and, and the, the lion and stuff like that. That's just like legitimately like really clever stuff. Yeah. And then we get to meet um, his aunt, right? I believe it's his aunt. Mm-hmm. And she teaches him new abilities, which is really important for later on. And then I think that another, again, funny moment, because we had a lot of serious and fighting, is we get to see Aquafina uh, get, I'm just going to keep calling her that, by the way. What's her name in the movie? Katie. What is it? It's Katie. Katie. I didn't, I would never have known that. Did oh, they say yeah. her name much? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm just going to call her Aquafina. Okay, so I'll call her Katie. She gets the bow and arrow lesson. So it's a little far-fetched, because you know what happens with that. But she all of a sudden gets, like, excellent at it. For reasons. Well, okay. She it's her destiny too. It's her destiny. But it is fun to watch her like she's like, Hey, you see that old man? I'm good. He, he's like, uh, you're okay. <laughs> I like that kind of interplay. Um, yeah, so they have to protect the gate, and then you get flashbacks. By the way, we did a lot of flashbacks in this movie. 
You're I right. feel like they could have like laid off on those at some point because I got it already. You know what I mean? Didn't you feel that same way? Yeah. Yeah. Like you, you gave us a ton of them. And now right now in my notes, I wrote it down. We're getting more of them from his dad. And I'm like, we get it. He's a bad guy. It's a little too much with him. We just didn't, I felt like I didn't need that much. I didn't need that much at all. Um, then you have this huge third or fourth act, whatever you want to call it, which is fighting the dad, the rings becoming Sean's rings, uh, you know, the dragon fight. Oh, but the dad dying, the dragon fight, which is epic and, you know, impressive that they pulled it off, but it's all CG and it's just really over the top. You have Katie shooting the arrow in the guy's, the dragon's neck. Again, miraculous and perfect because movies. And they save the day. I know I was going to like try and puzzle out all that happens in that section, but yeah, it's just all, that's the third act that we talk about so often with the Marvel movies. It's like, yeah, all right, a bunch of stuff happens, but CGI does this, CGI does that. People interact with the CGI and then it just kind of, the heroes succeed. And I, I hate those kind. It happened in Iron Man. It happened in tons of movies. We're, we see the, the, the creature in the shadows launches its creatures at the heroes and the Japanese did it again. And the Chinese heroes battle them and defeat them and CGI beats CGI. We get the never ending story moment of Shang and Katie floating on the head or flying on the head of the uh, giant dragon. Yeah. Oh yeah. But, very never ending story. But in the end, it's just not that compelling. I think that's a perfect way to explain it is CGI versus CGI. That really should be the name of this episode. <laughs> I really think you should call it that. Um, that is my, yeah, my biggest pet peeve. So, okay, here's the ending. A couple of really fun things happen at the end. One, um, you have, you know, this idea of, yeah, I think, well, we, we missed it, but the sister is the one who runs that establishment, the fight club. Uh, and if she didn't before, she does now, because they talk about that in like a post-credit scene, I think. But but right near the end, or is it the end credits or after the end credits? But then when Wong comes out to get them. And- so we get we get the pre the before the credits, they go uh Shang and Katie go back to the bar. Right. With their friends that they were at earlier on. Um, the friends think they're just making fun of them. You're just you're just playing with us. You're you're not serious about all this that happened. Stop mocking us. And then Wong does his magic thing where he comes through the gateway, pulls them through the gateway, and their friends are like, "Oh wow, I can't believe it!" And then the yeah. credits come up. Yeah, when they go, and then there's another credits post credit scene of them in the library with Wong, and basically, oh yeah, and Captain Marvel shows up, and uh, Bruce Banner's there, and they're all talking about. They really don't say anything. They just say, like, we're going to need your help. Yeah. Well, welcome to the world of the warriors. Now you're a hero. Your life will never be the same again. Right. You know, it's funny when I, because being like an aspiring creative, not aspiring, creative and actor and comedian person, what I'm thinking about Aquafina in that moment this is kind of an interesting tangent. Like the her as an actress, yeah. he, he's telling that to kind of her in a way. And I got almost like chills from that moment, not because of the characters. You see what I'm saying? I'm saying it for like Aquafina, the actress, because it's just like her life will never be the same. Yeah. Because now she'll be in another huge movie. Yeah. She'll be like, she's just another heroine now. Yeah. She'll she's be in the, the film. Part of the whole deal, right? Just yeah. like Simu Lou. Exactly. I so um, 
Then you have another credit scene, which I don't need. We don't need that one. But oh, so there's the threat, and they take Wong out for karaoke afterwards. Oh, the karaoke is so good. That's so good. My Perfect favorite part of the whole back. movie, almost. And then, the, yeah, there's another credit scene, which is um, uh, his sister with the army. I don't know why they showed that. His sister starts up the army or restarts the army, so she basically takes over from her dad. Nothing yeah. has really changed in that way. So they're obviously setting up a sequel. Yeah, but I, you know what? I do not want that for the sequel. I want to see Shang-Chi versus any other monster. Like, it feels like, why does, and this is like a little bit of a hot take, or controversial take. Why does it have to be in that same world of like Asian battle versus Asian battle? See what I'm saying? Yeah. I wouldn't mind it just being like, no, Shang-Chi's just not, now a Marvel superhero. Send him out into like fight a Time Lord or something. Wouldn't it be cool if he was like best friends with the Black Panther and they fight someone in Black Panther 2 together? Wait, Black Panther 2 is happening? Oh, yeah. Without, without, uh, yeah, because the legacy, because the whole point is that the suit is a legacy. Oh, that's right. Well, yes, I'm just saying, like, I'm just, I don't really like that for a second movie. Hopefully, that's not it. So the rating to me seems pretty easy. That, then I'm going to let you go first because I'm a little confused myself. I feel like we liked half of it and disliked half of it. So therefore, it's a five. I'm going to say six. All right. I wrote down six because. I, enough of the interesting diversity stuff happened enough of the Asian representation happened. Right. Can almost push it to seven by just because of that. And I'm really, you know, always pushing for more um, inclusion, but it can't help the fact that it is CGI versus CGI movie. Right. Because, and I didn't like the, I didn't like the plot point. The, the main plot is the dad's confused by spirit voices. Right. And That's what this movie's about. Right. He's by the way, let's strike down there for one more second. He's pounding the gate open and a little dragon comes out. Maybe stop pounding on the the gate. (laughs) Seriously, how is that? How do people get past that moment? There's just so many moments that are hard to get past. All right. Next up, we're going to talk Eternals. Yeah, we have to go see that in the theater. Yeah. Yeah. Depends on how the the schedule lines up. What do you think you're going to rate it? Oh, I think I'm going to give it a 7.5. Okay, I'm expecting to give it a lot closer to this movie, so I'm expecting a 6. Really? Yeah. I mean, again, it's hard to not like go off what people are saying. Like, With my friends who are not, S, you know, not anti-SJW kind of folks mm-hmm. who've just seen the movie as a Marvel fan or whatever have pretty mixed reactions to it. Yeah, again, giving it points or whatever for like inclusion and diversity is great because I know I'm going to do that, but you still have to have a good movie. Yeah. So we'll see. Thanks, Carlos. Where can people find you? Go to TikTok. If you're not on it, then that's okay. But if you are, it's Carlos Rodella, R O D E L A. If you're on Instagram, I'm Carlos Rodella Comedy. Cool. Thanks, everyone. Uh-huh.